You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Mock and welcome to another episode of my podcast. I'm so happy that you're here with me today and I just want to tell you a couple of brief things before we get started. First of all, this podcast episode is just me talking and I'm going to be using some notes on the board standing behind me. So if you are in a place where you could watch this podcast episode instead of listen to it, you can go to the show notes to find the YouTube link, or you can just look up Love Your Practice on YouTube and click on the latest episode. This one's going to be called, let's see, I need to name it, Leadership, Your Brain, and Your Practice vision. So you could um, search that on YouTube if you can't find the show notes easily. And if you're going to be stopping what you're doing and getting uh, the link anyway, I would suggest grabbing a notebook where you can take some notes because this is a nice episode for you to really think about what you want for your practice. Because I'm going to teach you how to make changes. And it's not for making a to-do list. It's from managing what's happening in your mind. So that's the first thing that I wanted to mention to you. The second is if you have been looking for a fun thing to do with your team and you like listening to my podcast, then you are the type of person who would really enjoy taking your team to the Happy Dentist Retreat. That is happening next month in June at a wonderful, beautiful resort outside of Columbus, Ohio. And if you want to learn more about that, you just go to thehappydentistretreat.com and you'll see um, ways to register for that. It's a great value. I'm taking almost my entire team. So I just spent almost $4,000 on plane tickets. And it's because I believe that it is going to be well worth that money to bring them along. And I'll be there and I'd love to meet you. So if you end up going and you and you see me in there, please introduce yourself because I never get to talk to you guys unless you reach out to me. So I just pretend you're there, pretend you're having a good time listening to me. <laughs> and um, and that does a little something for me. You know, I'm like, yeah, they're here. But when people say hi and reach out, it means so much to me. All right. So we are going to get into the meat of this, this episode today. And I'm going to start by telling you something that I have learned through experience, and I know it is true. Your dental practice is a manifestation of your thoughts. What I mean is the thought habits, the beliefs, the things that run through your mind over and over and over again, come to life in how you act in your practice. And I've taught you guys about the model before. I'm going to try to keep it basic so I don't get too wild and deep in here. But when we're talking about the model, your practice fits into your circumstance or your facts line. Your fact is I own a dental practice. And then down a couple steps, 
are your actions. Okay, so your actions are the things that you do in your practice, how you talk to your employees, <clears throat> working on your patient's teeth, suggesting treatment to your patient, patients, making um, decisions about <clears throat> where you're going to go with your practice, what you're going to do next, what's continuing education are you going to take, what policies are you going to have. These are all in the action line. And guys, this is a universal truth, and I want you to understand it. I can give you a list of the perfect way for you to manage a practice. And that's kind of what consultants do. They'll tell you what to do. But I want you to know that science has taught us we don't change our action from to-do lists. Our actions are always driven from our emotions. So we can get that list from a consultant and the list is right. But in order to generate change, we have to change what we're feeling. And in order to change what we're feeling, we have to think about our thoughts. This is where it begins because our emotions come from what we're thinking in our minds. So if we're thinking to ourselves, for example, insurance isn't fair. It's not fair the way they name the terms of the contract and then we just have to sign it and do whatever they say. Well, what kind of feeling do you think we're going to have from that, that thought? It's going to be powerlessness or victim, victimhood. That's not a feeling, is it? being a victim. And our actions will follow that emotion. So when I'm feeling like I'm a servant of the insurance company, I'm going to act like a victim. I'm not going to make changes in my practice that help me be free from that. I'm going to just stay in resentment and look for proof that I am a victim of the insurance company. That's just an example. Um, I have another one written here on the board behind me a little more thorough. So if you're on video or if you're listening, just bear with me. Um, see if you can hop onto video if you can. So we're talking about leadership today. And what I've got here is the components of the model. I have the facts of the situation. And the facts are always going to lead to our thoughts. Our thoughts are under our control but a lot of them are automatic unless we choose to change them. And I will tell you that many female dental practice owners have similar thoughts that our brains come up with because we're in similar situations and brains are predictable organs. So our thoughts that we have lead to our emotions and our emotions are biological cues that tell us what to do which is the action line of the model. And then if we add up all of our actions that we take, what we get at the end is a summation of our power. So like the action line is kind of like an arithmetic problem and we're adding up, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. And what the result of that is that I created this thing. So let me give you an example here and I have it written out. I own my dental practice, right? And when I first owned my dental practice, I believed that to be a good leader, my main job was to make everybody else happy. So I was trying to make my seller happy who bought the practice from me. I was trying to make 
my employees happy. I was trying to make um, my, my, my patients happy. I was even trying to make my dental sales reps happy. I was trying to make everybody, this is what I pictured was good leadership. And it came from learning about self-sacrifice, which I definitely agree in sacrificing for the people that you lead, but I wasn't doing it in a very effective way because when I told myself that I needed to make everybody else happy, I felt powerless. So that thought led to the emotion of being powerless. And so I want you to just sit and ask yourself for a minute, when you're feeling powerless, how do you act? This is what I did. I basically said yes to everyone. And then I stayed in resentment. I looked for proof that people were making me do things so that I could be mad at them because it was so unfair that they were making me say yes to their time off that they wanted my seller would just go on and he would say, oh, I'm going to be in Europe for these three weeks. And I didn't know how to say, oh, but I was planning on taking time off during that time too. Let's have a calendar meeting. I would just be like, fine, I'll just work five days a week those, the, during that month. You see what I'm saying? Or um, I would do things that I didn't want to do because it was making other people happy. Okay. And if I added up those actions, what I find as the summary of my actions is that I didn't make myself happy. I made myself unhappy. And so this is just an example. I told you that I would prove that your practice is a manifestation of your thoughts. And when I led believing or thinking that I needed to make everybody happy, I did make everybody happy except for me. And I can tell you that I really did not enjoy being a practice owner when that's what I was practicing. So what I want to do today is sort of a hack. It's a trick, a way, a method that we can redirect our brain to have better thoughts about how we see ourselves in our practice. And that's called making a vision for your practice. And this is something that I learned from the Blatchfords. Christina and Bill Blatchford and um, Carolyn, these are lovely people who taught me how to think about my practice in a better way. And if you ever want to talk to me about my experience with the Blatchfords, I'd be happy to get on a call with you. I, um, I paid them for the 18-month program, and then I stayed with them, continuing to pay them for the next five years while I kind of refined things for my practice. They really helped me a lot. So I just wanted to make sure that you knew where this concept came from. And this is called creating a vision for your practice. So your practice though, is an entity that you own. You decide how it runs and you are in charge of it. You own it. You could sell it. Each of you right now just so you know, with the market the way it is right now, you could turn around and you could sell your practice tomorrow. There are DSOs with money. They are looking for practices to buy and they will happily buy yours. I'm just pointing that out, not because you have to sell it, but because I want you to know that owning it is a choice and it's one that you are making right now and that's okay. But what I want you to see is that your practice, since it's your asset, I want you to think about how it can serve your life. 
So when we're talking about creating a vision, the first thing that we want to answer, the first question is, who are you? What makes you happy? Not just as a dental practice owner, but as a human, as a person. So for example, every spring, I get excited when it's time to put the seeds in my garden. And I have children and I love to see them as happy individuals. I like taking care of my husband. I like checking on my friends. I like changing the lives of women who own dental practices. These are things I love that make me click, that make me happy, okay? So I've got this overarching question of who are you? Why do you even get out of bed in the morning? Because you don't have to. The world would continue to resolve even if, revolve, resolve, revolve even if you stayed in bed for the next year, okay? So that's a question to answer. Another one would be when you are 80 and you're looking back and you're explaining to your grandchildren about your life, what do you wanna say you did? What did you accomplish? That's another question you can ask. What right now gives you joy? What are you looking forward to? This is the overarching concept of who you are. Who are you, okay? Now your practice, is a part of who you are. And it is meant to serve you because ladies, your practice is your asset. So like I said, you could sell it or you could utilize it as a tool for saving for your retirement, saving for your children's funds, um, making money so that you can travel the world or buy a really comfortable house and drive a really comfortable car. It's a tool and what is, what is it that you are using the tool for? So I want you to answer who are you as a person? And then I want you to answer who are you as a dental practice, okay? And then there's two other questions you want to answer. One is, what do you do? What do you do in your dental practice? And the last one is, for whom do you do it? So I'm paraphrasing here, but for me, when I wrote my vision with the Blatchford's help, um, I said that we, as, as in my practice, Marian Dental, we are a team of highly skilled, emotionally intelligent women. So I put in there that we have a lot of skills and that we work, basically we work together as emotionally intelligent women. What do we do? We deliver the highest possible care to our patients. And then I have a list of the ways that we do that, basically things that make us special, like our laser and um, how we love to spoil our patients, all those things. And then for whom do we do it? And this was really, really important. Do not skip this step. Well, we serve patients who appreciate us and they show our, their appreciation by coming to their appointments, saying thank you, and paying for the care that we receive. And I will tell you that once we had that vision in place, it made it very easy to decide how to make decisions. So I'm gonna pause this for a minute while I redraw my board, and you can pause it too if you want right now, and just take a moment to answer those questions. Who are you? What do you do? And for whom do you do it? Okay. So what I have done is I have taken a part of my vision that I have for 
my dental practice, and I have put it in the thought line. Okay, so before I thought of myself as somebody who needs to make everybody else happy, right? But now I have all these things that I've written out that I can put in different places in my model. And what's really important and handy is putting it in the thought line. And I'll show you how this works. It's so amazing. So what I put in my thought line is that I serve patients who appreciate me. That's what I've defined, okay? I chose that before and I'm gonna stick to it. And that makes me feel proud or deserving. One of those two or both, both of them are about the same. Like, yeah, I'm good at taking care of patients. I make them feel comfortable and I have been to so much CE. I, I want to treat patients who appreciate that because it feels good. And then I feel proud. And I will tell you that when you feel proud of your work, instead of ashamed, which many of us feel ashamed in our industry, and I'll get into that another day, but when we are feeling proud, this is what we do. And this is how it worked in my case. First of all, I set standards for patient behavior. And I'll give you an example of that. Right when the pandemic started, I had a brand new employee and I was really worried that she wouldn't be eligible for unemployment. So I made a deal with her and I asked her to answer the phones while we were shut down. And she was happy to have a job. So she said yes, but she was answering the phones for a dental practice that she had only worked for for a couple of weeks. And on one of the first days of her job, a patient called and reamed her out. He was so mean to her and she called and she was ready to quit because she didn't feel like she was capable of handling this type of behavior by herself. And I said to her, well, it sounds to me like he doesn't fit our vision. So um, when I come into the office next week, let's go ahead and draft a letter to dismiss him. And she was floored. She had never seen a dentist who would happily dismiss someone who didn't treat their team very well. But this is something that I established years ago when I hired the Blatchfords. And I will tell you that I have had multiple specialists come to me and say, Laura, when you send us a patient, we are excited because we already know that the patient is going to be nice and they are going to know what is going on. And this is not by accident, you guys. I set standards of what I expected of my patients because I was feeling proud of what I do. And the patients either at that point when they saw what I expected of them, they either self-selected out or if they misbehaved enough times, then I dismissed them from the practice. And now every time I go to work, I am serving people that I love. Here's another thing that I do from pride. I spoil my patients. I already know they're going to say thank you because they're the nicest people on the planet. So whether it's taking extra time to get them numb in a painless way or putting a heated blanket over them and just watching them snuggle into their comfy spot or giving them 
essential oils or new calm or whatever. I am always oiling my patients because it's fun. <laughs> it's fun when they're, when they're nice and grateful, it feels great. So this thought, I serve my patients who appreciate me, led to me feeling pride, which led to actions that created a better practice for me. And if I add all of these things up in how I act, then my result is, oh, let me change the camera here. I love my patients and I love my practice. So this is something that you can do on your own after you, you have made your vision, write out the components of the model and just email me if you need help with it and put something from your vision in your thought and ask yourself, your thought line, I mean, ask yourself how that thought makes you feel and ask yourself how you're going to act when you feel that way. You will see it is so good for your dental practice to practice those excellent thoughts. It will literally change your business. All right. So this comes to the conclusion of my lesson for you today. I hope that it's been helpful. If you're wanting to see more of this type of content and you're not in my Facebook group yet, I have a group of ladies in there where all dental practice owners, we share and help each other. And it's just called Love Your Practice on Facebook. If you cannot find the group, just friend me. Anytime a female dentist friends me on Facebook, I just throw them into the group. Um, so I, yeah, hopefully all of them are okay in there. Um, you have to accept the invitation, but that's an easy way to join it as well. You'll have to answer a couple of questions, but I'd love to see you in there. And I would love to hear what you create from this vision and how you think you're going to change with your practice. All right, ladies, I'll see you on the other side. Take care. Thank you for listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life.